Welcome to the Exit Coach Radio Show, the show for baby boomer business owners who are looking for cutting-edge information as they plan their 3- to 10-year business succession and exit. Every week, we interview top professional advisors for their best tips, strategies, and precautions so you can be well-planned. And don't miss our one-minute Exit Coach Tip of the Day on ExitCoachRadio.com. And now, here's your host, the Exit Coach, Bill Black. Welcome. Thanks for listening. I uh, really appreciate you tuning in today. My next guest is Mary, on, Mary Ann Kotchett, and she's with Champions for Success LLC in New Jersey. And uh, Mary Ann is going to talk to us uh, uh, about um, Power versus Perception, 10 Characteristics of Self-Empowerment for Women was published in 2013. And Mary Ann is an author, a motivational speaker, a coach, an adjunct professor and management development professional who's skilled in group dynamics, consultation, and facilitation, and she specializes in the areas of leadership, communications, executive coaching, change management, and career transition. Now, she calls herself a reluctant entrepreneur, and we're going to talk to her about that and her Power versus Perception book that has just come out. Marianne, welcome to the show. Thanks for joining us. Oh, thank you so very much, Bill. It's great to be here. It's a pleasure to have you on the show, Marianne. Tell us a little bit about yourself and your background and and how you started Champions for Success, LLC. Okay, well, you did a good job on that. Um, I would just say that my background was I worked for AT&T for over 20 years, and I was a corporate trainer. I traveled all over the country teaching workshops on leadership and management development, and then as towards the late 90s when things started to change in the industry, I took an early voluntary package started my own company, was out there, had a lot of clients, made, was doing pretty well, and then things started to change. I was diagnosed with breast cancer for the first time on September 11, 2001. Uh, mm. That kind of changed things around for me a little bit, and I had to shift some things, had to take about a year off to fight the disease, came back, was fine. Got back into looking for another job, doing some consulting, doing work for the state and federal government, had various clients, and then I had a client in the financial services industry, and I went in to work with that particular client, and I was supposed to be there for about six to eight weeks. Well, that six to eight weeks grew into a year after which they hired me. So I was in the financial services industry working in doing uh, doing the same thing, doing training and development, loving what I was doing, really. And then in 2010, I was displaced. My position was moved to another state, and I found myself in a very difficult job market. But I jumped right back in there, being in job transition, looking for another job, and I'm looking for another job. And I'm getting lots of interviews, but I'm not getting any offers, and I don't understand what's going on because I'm not really doing anything different than I ever was before. However, I had crossed over into another, I guess you could call it another threshold of my life in that suddenly it was as if my experience was working against me, and I just was overqualified for everything I was applying for is really what it came down to. And then in January of 2012, 
after I had applied for almost 500 jobs, I was oh. diagnosed with breast cancer again. And this oh. time I had to have more radical surgery. Um, between January of 2012 and May of last year, I had six operations. Uh, mm. But to just back up a little bit, I had to have chemotherapy again, also as a result of the more radical treatment. And I woke up one morning just a couple of days after my first chemotherapy treatment, and everything was different. And what I realized I was doing was trying to recreate my comfort zone. I wanted to have the comfort of having the steady paycheck. But what I realized as a result of that was that, number one, the diagnosis of cancer was not a death sentence. But I had this internal revelation that the real tragedy in life are the people who are walking around breathing and with a pulse, but they're already dead because they're miserable. And it, it kind of brought me back to the first time I was diagnosed with breast cancer because at that point I always felt that I found out I had it on 9-11, and it was not a coincidence. But it put things in perspective for me because those people who went to work that day thought they'd be going home at the end of the day. They're gone, and I'm still here. So now that brings me back to, okay, what is it that I'm doing? What is it that is really important to me? How do I How do I do that? And what I realized was, I just had this passion passion to inspire other people and to really inspire them to live their dreams because there's too many people who really hate getting out of bed in the morning. And um, I ran into a former student of mine who had been in a graduate-level class that I had been teaching in January of 2001. After all those years, well, right after I completed treatment, I ran into a former student who, when I when I ran into her again, she threw her arms around me and she said, Professor, Professor, you were my inspiration. You taught me about uh, the Jahari window and team building and the seven habits of highly effective people, and I'm still using the things that you taught me all those years ago. And... I, I want you to speak at my conference that I'm having. What do you? What can you speak about? And I had this little PowerPoint presentation. It was mm -hmm. the power versus perception, 10 characteristics of self-empowerment for women. And this was mainly because this was a group of women entrepreneurs. And I went to speak to these women entrepreneurs. It was just a, a short time after I completed chemo. And she said, you know, come and speak, and I said, sure, so I was giving my presentation, and as I was speaking, they they said, I said, I'd always wanted to write a book about this, and some smart aleck in the audience said, when's your book going to be done? And I said, <laughs> by the end of the year, and the first draft of my book was completed on January 31st of 2012, and then 2013 it was being edited and, and all that, and it was released in 2013. And from there, I started my own company. That's how Champions for Success was born, in, in that uh, I realized that I just have this drive to inspire people to live a life they love and to live their dreams and to be able to get clear on 
who they are and what they're about and what are the things that are in their life that are stopping them. Uh, Especially a lot of times when we're younger, we can get caught up in doing what we need to do to survive. We have family, we have this, uh, all these obligations. But then there reaches the point where the kids go off to school, the kids go off, they get married, and then all of a sudden you're, why am I doing this? What what is this? And 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 that's really how it how it happened for me. I I just looked at everything that I was doing, and I thought, you know, I all my life I lived my life for someone else, and now it's the time for me to live my life for me. And for me, I I have that I have a drive to inspire others, to inspire them so that they can be productive and live the life that they want to live. Well, it's a fascinating story, and I'm sorry to hear about your fight with breast cancer. That's that's uh, tragic, but you are a fighter. You are a, a perseverer. I mean, nobody, who else goes on 500 job interviews? <laughs> you have what it takes there. So, well, it was tell actually little... applications. I didn't have 500 oh, interviews, but I did <laughs> okay. fill out applications. I did have Still. lots of interviews. <laughs> Still, I mean, uh, you know, one of the problems people people say they're they're looking hard for a job, but I don't know many people that have done that. Now. Um, what you call yourself a reluctant entrepreneur, um, and that's a that's an intriguing uh, title for yourself. I can think of a lot of people who are being forced into entrepreneurship today because they can't find that job out there, uh, or they they just think it's time to explore something that they've always wanted to explore. Why do you call yourself a reluctant entrepreneur, and how did that come about? Well, I touched on it a little bit in that when I had that realization of trying to recreate my comfort zone. I vacillated back and forth and back and forth in that, do I want a job? Do I want to be independent? And I had to get very clear on where my passion was for me. And when that came about, I I was continuing to go on job interviews. Uh, even while I was having chemotherapy, I was still scheduling myself for interviews. And I would just keep hoping that the right one would come along. And then one day it hit me that by me trying to recreate my comfort zone, I was really denying myself the possibilities of the of really living a life free of limits. What I was trying to do to recreate that comfort zone was just get myself a job to fit into someone else's system. Because that's what we do when we get a job. We fit ourselves into the parameters of that particular role. But that has limits in itself. And what I realized was as I was, my reluctance was, I really want a job. I was telling myself, but I really don't. And I really do, and I really don't. And I was at a networking group one day. And I was talking to a gentleman who was actually a coach, and I was telling him this. I'm I'm struggling. On one hand, I want to be independent. And on the other hand, I I just want to know I'm going to have a steady paycheck every day. And and he and I had just given a a brief talk. Uh there's actually a video of it on my on my website. Um that that video I didn't know they were making it, which is why I I put it on my website because it was very impromptu. And he said to me, he said, "You're not the type you you have too much energy to be working for a company. You need to be independent because you inspire people. You go into another company 
that's going to suppress that energy because you have to. You have to fit into the mold to a certain mm-hmm. extent. I and see. Um, just having that brief five-minute conversation with this coach who I had just met, and I had been coaching for years, and I knew that stuff. But when he gave me that immediate feedback, it, w- it, was, it went from my head to my heart, and I got it in my gut. And so even though I, I like to say I was reluctant, I was kicking and screaming in, in my heart anyway, what, once it hit, it just became rooted and solidified, if that makes mm-hmm. sense. Yeah, it does. It does. So you you found yourself basically, and you found that uh, you weren't going to find yourself uh, playing by somebody else's rules on somebody else's uh, in somebody else's game. You needed to create the new game, and a lot of people are are looking at that. And one thing you said earlier is that your experience was working against you. Um, what? Tell us a little bit more about that statement. Well. It was the only way I could turn around a lot of the negativity that I found that people in job transition of my generation were experiencing. There, I could create a conversation around a negative excuse or I could find a way to empower myself. And the way I turned around that conversation was my experience was working against me. Uh, I hear a, a lot of a lot of comments about people ha- of my generation having a tough time in the job market, having a tough time finding another job. For me, it was I'm I'm not going to find another job. I'm going to create my own job. I'm going to create the job that was perfect for me. I kept getting the same feedback over and over again. They would say, we hired someone who was a better fit. We hired someone who was a better fit. Now, having come from HR, that can mean any yeah. number of things, but it usually means something that uh, you're, you're, not, you're not of the generation that we want to hire. Let's just put it that way. There, there's other, other people that we're targeting, and you don't fit into our target uh, market that we're looking for, and you know, you, you have too much experience. I don't know, so so that that's how that conversation be, can be created. You can see I'm choosing my words very carefully because there's some there's some words I don't want to use <laughs> because again well, no, that would create I, a negative a negative conversation. I understand, and you know you, what, what we're talking about is something that a lot of people are facing these days. They're saying, you know, I, I want to rewire, I don't want to retire, but how am I going to do that? And um, mm-hmm. And, and they're going to go through this, a similar journey. So I think it's very helpful for our listeners. So tell us in the next few minutes, tell us what you're doing, how you help others to to do more with Champions for Success. Well, I've been doing a, a lot of speaking. One of the things I, I always felt really great about was speaking. So I've been speaking to a lot of a lot of groups, a lot of career transition groups. Uh, I have a presentation. It's the same thing, power versus perception, 10 characteristics of self-empowerment for job seekers, where I t- work with people in transition. I work with people. Uh, one, of, one of the clients that I worked with uh, was the um, displaced uh, home, homemakers group or women who found themselves having to, like you said, uh, retool themselves and recreate themselves because of whatever might be happening in their life. I do a lot of work 
um, in, in working with people and helping them to get clear on their goals and help them to uh, discover what their passion is uh, because we all have those those drives as uh, I call it from uh there there there's there there's four four drives where I call it uh we have the drive coming from our basically coming from our heart I call it we have the drive for um uh zoe which is the drive to live agape which is the drive to love mentoring we all have a drive to want to help other people and then um leaving behind a legacy and all of those four drives combine to have us uh, identify the passion that we have within our heart and mm. and from there you having having them get clear on their goals helping them to establish their priorities try to minimize and be able to get past whatever distractions. And then I, I like to talk about being unstoppable, looking at what limitations are you putting on yourself so that you can discover that passion. And um, I always like to say I do activities. I like to do a lot of experiential activities. And I, I do a lot of work with students also uh, as as a professor. And I like to give them a challenge where when when they look at it, it looks like it's impossible, and they think that it's impossible. And I don't give them the solution. They get to the point where they're begging me to give them the solution, and I, I won't do it. And it typically takes them between 20 and 30 minutes to do this particular activity. And um, then I'll show them. I'll say, you know, you just did in 30 minutes, something that you thought was completely impossible. Now, where else in your life are you looking at things that you think are impossible, that really are impossible, but you're setting up those, you're setting up barriers for yourself? And what do you need to be able to do? What's your life going to look like if those things are not there? And and that's that's really what I like to be able to do is to see those ahas. And it's like I said to this one student, because he was so, so adamant, this is impossible, this is impossible. And I said to him after class, this was just this past Monday, I said, whatever you do, I want you to remember that. Remember, if you're telling yourself that something is impossible, you've got to look at how can I make it possible? What is it that I need to do? And it was amazing to see their faces light up. Light up, Marianne. You're, I love your story. You're you're uh, you're a fighter. You're a survivor, and you're an empowerer. So you're you're helping people. Tell our listeners how they can get in touch with you if they want to learn more about what you do, or to learn about um, where to find your book, uh, Power Versus Perception: The Ten Characteristics of Self Empowerment for Women. My website is www.championsforsuccess.net. And I can be reached on 908-445-4132. And my email is mary at championsforsuccess.net. I would love to have you back and talk more about, go into more depth about that. I think we, we learned um, that you're someone we want to hear more from uh, because you, you've, you've gone through it and uh, you can help our listeners learn a lot about what it takes to be a, a survivor and to be a, a, a champion so please join us again sometime for a deeper and more in-depth interview, will you? I would love that. Thank you, Bill. Well, thanks very much. We're going to take a short break. We'll be right back after this, so please stay tuned. 
Does thinking about what will happen to your business if you're gone keep you awake at night? Will you get the price you need from your business to carry you through retirement? The BEI Network of Exit Planning Professionals is the world's leading advisor network with the power to help business owners transition out of business on their own timeline and terms. Ask your most trusted advisor to create a BEI plan for you or visit us at ExitPlanning.com. That's ExitPlanning.com. You're listening to ExitCoachRadio.com, the information station for age 50-plus business owners, where we're interviewing top advisors for their best tips, ideas, and precautions so you can be well-planned. We upload new one-minute tips every day. ExitCoachRadio.com. Come listen for a minute. Thank you for listening to Exit Coach Radio. 